Come Holy Spirit. As always, Lord, we give you permission to do whatever you desire to do. We pray that you may open our minds and hearts and souls to be fertile soil. That your word may bear great fruit in our lives. Illuminate these scriptures for us. Convict and console our hearts. Speak, Lord, for your servants are listening. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Jesus, Master, have pity on us. These are the words of the ten lepers as they approach the Lord, seeking healing from him. Jesus, Master, have pity on us. And of course, they are seeking physical healing. I mean, they're, they're lepers, and particularly way before modern medicine, you know, the, this leprosy would just begin to ravage the body. But the bigger thing that they are seeking healing from is from being cast out of the community, from being cast out, from being able to enter the temple. So when you were, were a leper, it was contagious, right? And someone else could be contaminated if they came into contact with you. So you were cast out from your family, cast out of the city, had to live outside of the city. And you couldn't even re-enter and come into the temple and to worship. So they had this physical suffering, but even more so just this human and this spiritual suffering that they're longing and crying out to the Lord to be healed of, really to be brought back into communion. And as they approach the Lord, he says something to them interesting. Go show yourselves to the priest. Now why does he say this? He says this because at the time, if someone was miraculously healed or some way of leprosy, then what they had to do is they had to go before the priest and the priest had to, to inspect them. Like it was part of his role to inspect them and say, okay, well, it, it looks like you have no more sores. It looks like the leprosy is gone and you're healed. And he would give them some ritual purifications to do and, and then they could enter back into the city. They could come back in and be in communion with their family. And most importantly, they could re-enter the temple. They could again be in communion with the Lord and worship him. This, this, so this is this deeper longing that these lepers are coming as they're crying out to the Lord for this. Now in the scriptures, the church has always seen from the very beginning and until now, leprosy is like a metaphor physically for the spiritual reality of sin in our life. That as leprosy disfigures the body, sin disfigures the soul. As leprosy damages and breaks a communion of relationships with, with those around us and with the Lord, so does sin, even more so. And, and St. John will tell us, right, that the mortal sin, like, cuts off the life of grace in our souls. And this is part of the reason that when we've committed a mortal sin, we need to, to go to confession first, to, to be brought back into communion before we can receive the Holy Eucharist again. So the church has always seen that this aspect in Scripture of leprosy as a, a physical metaphor for the spiritual reality of sin and its effects in our lives. And so 
just like the lepers, we cannot heal ourselves. They could not heal themselves, so they came before the Lord in great humility. And just like them, we cannot heal ourselves of the effects of sin in our life. And so we need to come before Jesus in great humility and cry out with him, Lord Jesus, have mercy on us. Have mercy on us. And what does Jesus tell us? He, he tells us the same thing he told the lepers, actually. He says, go, go show yourself to the priest. The church has always seen, the saints, the church fathers, that this scripture passage was like a precursor to the sacrament of reconciliation. And we see Jesus, you know, they might be asking the question like, man, like whoever came up with this confession thing? The problem, right? Why do they do that? Because it's fun and exciting? Do we love to do it? Maybe not, right? But... The Lord gives it to us for a reason. And first we need to recognize that he does give it to us. And what's important is on the day of his resurrection, like the day Jesus rose from the dead, this is what he did. The disciples, the apostles were in the upper room hiding. For three days they're hiding in fear because the Lord had died. Their, their minds had been rocked. Their whole world had been rocked. And they're, they're afraid like, oh, no, what's going to happen? Are they going to come after us? And Jesus breaks into the upper room. And the first thing he says is, peace be with you. Like in the midst of your fear, peace be with you. And then the second thing he does is this. He says he breathes on them the Holy Spirit. He breathes the Holy Spirit upon them, the breath of God. And then he says, whose sins you forgive are forgiven them, and whose sins you retain are retained. Why is he saying that? Unless he expected them to represent him, to stand in his place for the forgiveness of sin. And so in this, notice too, when does he do this? Like immediately after the resurrection. He's like, hey guys, you're afraid? Be not afraid. Oh, and by the way, we're going to give you the authority to stand in my place to absolve people from sin. Why? Because of the nature of the reason of his mission and coming is eternal salvation. Like that's, that's the deal. Our lives are super busy and we run around worried about a lot of things and a lot of things really good, you know. Like all week we were thinking about the game last night and it was super cool and it was really awesome. Or maybe someone in your life is sick or we had election day Saturday as well too. I mean really important thing. But nothing is more important than eternal life. Like how often is that on the forefront of our minds? How often am I making decisions like, hey, I'm making this decision with my eyes on heaven. Oh, you know what? I'm not going to do that because I got my eyes on heaven. Like, Lord, this is what I want. I want you. But when we fall, when we fall, you know, St. Paul, he tells us clearly, it's like this sober reality. The wages of sin is death. It's like spiritual death. And the Lord wants to bring us back to life. Like he has paid the cost. So it doesn't, we don't have to earn it. We can't with a million uh, days of good deeds earn our way to heaven. Christ on the cross has offered his life for us. But he asks us one thing in that very important thing. But his first sermon was this, repent and believe in the gospel. Like recognize your sin. 
and come before me and offer it, offer it to me, and then I'm going to give you mercy and grace and peace. The gospel means good news, forgiveness, new life in Christ. But we live in an age that St. John Paul II said, we have lost the sense of sin. He said this in the 80s, and it's still true today, maybe more so. Nah, I know the scriptures say this, I know the church says that, but it's okay. It's no big deal. Guys, that's, again, the Lord put in my heart, like, it's a dangerous way to think. We all do it in some form or fashion. But when you begin to say, no, that's, that's not really a sin, like I know right and wrong, then I'm putting myself, you're putting yourself, we're putting ourselves above the Lord. And that's not a cool place to be. The Lord wants us to come in humility. Great humility and trust of his confidence. Trust in his mercy. Because he loves us in the midst of our sin. Love, perfect love. But he also said we have to take responsibility to just say, hey, Lord, I'm sorry, right? And we can think of ourselves again, like, why confession? But all of, all of the sacraments take something that is natural, that has a natural gift to it, and the Lord puts a supernatural grace on top of it. So you think of baptism in water, right? Jesus takes something, the water is naturally cleansing and naturally gives life and sustenance. And so he's like, okay, cool, I'm going to put a supernatural grace on top of that. So that when water is used in baptism, which is essential for baptism, that it's spiritually cleansing. And it gives spiritual life, the life of the Holy Spirit, and it sustains us in that way. We could go through all the sacraments, but, but think of confession. Well, confession, when we've harmed someone, when we've committed sin against them, what ultimately brings us healing? Pretending like we didn't do anything and hoping it's all all right and wondering if they're going to forgive you? Typically not. But if we go humbly and say, hey, I, I did this particular thing and I'm sorry. And, and I ask your forgiveness. There's a natural, we talk about like getting something off of our chest. There's a natural healing component in getting it off of my chest. And then when someone else says, you are forgiven, even more so. There's a power in that, even on a natural level. And then, so the Lord takes that and puts a supernatural grace on top of it. He's like, okay, so when we sin, like, you need, there's, there's a human aspect of, like, getting it out and then hearing that you're forgiven. So then when we walk away from the confessional, it's like, we've heard, we've heard. It's the words of the Lord spoken to the priest, like, you are forgiven, go in peace. It's gone. I can't remember the first time I say, I, I say that I really went to confession. I had been to confession before this, but I wasn't super sincere about it. My sophomore year at LSU, I had a conversion. And, and as I'm going through this experience, one of my friends is like, hey, there's a penance service at Christ the King. Uh, it, was, it was an advent of 2000. Hey, you should come. And I'm like, no, I shouldn't. They're like, no, no, you, you, you need to come. And, uh, no, no, I don't. No, yeah, yeah, it's a penance service. It's just, you, you should come. And I'm like, oh, sounds like you need to go. <laughs> like, I don't know about me. But eventually I said yes, and I went. 
And I went to confession, and there were, priests, there were numerous priests here, and there, for whatever reason, I, I went in the confessional, and, and it was just this move in my heart, like, okay, Lord, I, I'm going to tell him everything, and just all of it. And I'm snot crying, like all this stuff, you know. And I don't remember who the priest was. I have no clue what he said. No clue. But I just know that I walked out of there. I think I walked across. I was sitting over here. I think I literally walked across the water, the baptismal font. Or I jumped over it. I'm not sure which one happened. But I'm in the, I'm in the pew, and I'm laughing. Like I'm laughing. And I'm trying not to laugh. And my friend is like, Stop. I'm like, I know, I can't. I can't. And there's just this experience of joy like I'd never felt before. And I've never had that particular experience again in confession, although I go regularly at least once a month. But I think in that moment, the Lord wanted me to know, like, hey, the thing you think that you don't need, yeah, that's the thing you really need. Like, that's it. And so today... The scriptures of Christ and the church are inviting us to come humbly before him. If it's been a while since you've been to confession, what are you waiting for? Come on down. It's healing mercy. I encourage you, go online. You can Google Knights of Columbus Examination of Conscience. It's a beautiful one that they have in preparation to go for us to recognize maybe sins we haven't thought of before or whatever it is and just lay that before the Lord. And experience his healing, grace, and mercy. And then when we experience that, then we can come back, right, and experience communion in a powerful way and have the gratitude and thanksgiving that this, this one leper had. And that's what Eucharist means, thanksgiving, that I'm, I'm giving thanks to the Lord for his mercy and his redemption and his healing and his forgiveness. Today let us not be afraid. Every day let us not be afraid to enter into that reality with our eyes on heaven, understanding that we can't earn it, it's pure gift. And there's eternal consequences, right, for our sin. So there's free mercy, let's go get it. Let's go get it. Lord Jesus, Son of the living God, right, have mercy on me. And then we just come out full of joy, full of gratitude, and restored in communion.